You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 992 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Thursday evening into Friday. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store. Find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Today's podcast will focus on what became a pretty comfortable win for the Hawks over the Atlanta Magic on Thursday. Unsurprising, the Magic uh, entered this game in pretty ugly fashion, and the stands will get into that in a second. But the top-line thought here, uh, the 40th win of the season for the Hawks. Their 10th consecutive win at home, the longest active streak in the NBA of home wins. They're 18-2 and in their last 20 at State Farm Arena, and uh, a pretty positive night overall. Again, Orlando's not really competitive, but still, a taking care of business kind of win for the Hawks. They did not clinch the division title because Miami ended up winning. We'll come back to that later on on, on the podcast, but the Hawks are still in position to secure at least a top five seed if they are to win on Sunday in their finale against the Houston Rockets. So we'll dive in, as always, to the podcast today. One note, I apologize for the audio quality. It's not quite my normal situation. I'm not in my normal location, so hopefully that's not too bad, and we'll get back to uh, my home base whenever possible in the near future. So um, to the game itself. Uh, again, the, the Magic are not particularly good right now. Uh, they lost four games in a row coming in. They were 4-17 and 17 in the previous 21 games, playing out the string, nothing to play for, etc., Tons of injuries, you know, Fulton Isaac out for all, all for the whole season, basically for Orlando, and then Terrence Ross, Otto Porter, Jumo Kiki, James Ennis, um, MCW, all kinds of players out of the lineup for the Magic in this game. Um, on the Hawks side, though, a little bit of a busy injury report, and it was that was sort of unforeseen in some ways. Uh, on the positive side, DeAndre Hunter was not included even on the back-to-back, obviously he didn't play on Wednesday, but not not listed at all with the with the knee. He didn't play a ton. I'm sure he's still limited to, uh, to some degree, but not even listed with the injury stuff. That's a positive sign. From there, though, four players uh, listed on the injury report as either questionable or probable. Trey Young was probable with hip soreness, and then three guys were questionable. Click Capella with right heel pain, Bogdanovich with left, left hamstring soreness, and Gallinari with, with back soreness. All four ended up playing. That's a positive sign. Uh, Capella and Bogdanovich had injuries that they've already been listed with in the recent past. Capella, back on April 30th, had right heel pain on the injury report. Bogdanovich a few different times in the last couple of weeks. Um, But all those guys ended up playing. Uh, Tony Snell, though, did not play in this game. He returned on Wednesday from missing Monday's game with Achilles soreness, but ended up playing um, on Wednesday. Did not play in this game. He's ruled out on the initial injury report, so we'll see what happens there with with Tony with, with regard to Sunday and beyond. But that was the only other abs that the Hawks had in addition to Cam Reddish. They started Solomon Hill at the three in this game. There was no standard rationale. Mill is not always uh, forthcoming on, stra- on strategy stuff, which I don't blame him for. But I suspect, this is, this is me sort of giving an educated guess here, that it might have been to give, to give Kevin Herter some time with the second unit. Um, I think the plan, um, this is again me interpret- interpreting things, but I think the plan would be if Hunter is able to do this, to have Hunter start in the playoffs, and that means Herter to the bench, and you might want, I would say Nate's been big on getting guys into roles that are going to be playing, so that could have been the reasoning behind having uh, Solomon Hill start in this spot. Regardless, though, um, Bet Online, our friends over there, had the Hawks listed as 13-point favorites in this game. They ended up covering that with ease, but it kind of tells you 13 is not a small number 
in an NBA game, even at home, because especially the Hawks were home, yes, but it was a back-to-back for the Hawks and not for the Magic. So uh, that's a little bit, it's usually like, like a point, maybe two point difference uh, on top of everything else. So we'll dive in now to the game itself. Um, the Hawks came out of the gate flying offensively. They scored the first three possessions of the game. Uh, the fourth possession, though, was kind of funny. Capella had to take a jump shot late in the shot clock that was kind of amusing. They led, they actually led 11-5. to Trey Young getting wherever he wanted to with his floater in the early going. Um, it was Herter as the first sub, by the way. Not a huge surprise there, but ended up being the case. The Hawks kept the lead, but they actually were kind of cold early. They were 7 of 22 from the floor and 0 of 7 from 3 at the outset, and were still winning because Orlando couldn't score either. Um, Capella, though, was responsible for a bunch of those misses. He had seven offensive rebounds, including a handful of those on his own misses in the first eight minutes, which is uh, pretty wild uh, to have that happen. Um, Hunter came in um, for his first stint in a couple days. He looked fine. Um, I'll say there was some rust for him offensively. We'll come back to later on in the podcast, but I think he looked good defensively. Energy level was good. Athleticism was good. He looked fine to me. The Hawks then closed on an 11-2 run at the end of the first quarter and took a 13-point lead. And that was kind of it. Um, Orlando never really kind of, I mean, they, they made one little run to start the second quarter that we'll get to in a second, but no, no huge push from them from that point forward. The Hawks actually shot 36% from the floor and 2 of 11 from 3 in the first quarter and led by 13 because they had 7 offensive rebounds and only one turnover. Orlando just couldn't score. They had a sub-70 offensive rating in the first quarter of this game. That was uh, a signal of what was to come. In fact, they scored 16 points. That was the season low in terms of, I guess, season best for the Hawks and points allowed in the first quarter of a game. So that was a good sign for the rest of the game. There was the 8-0 run that Orlando had. There one push of the entire game, really, early in the second quarter. The Hawks didn't score for about three minutes at the outset. Um, there was a pretty funny moment, actually, when Bogdanovich passed on a wide-open three that he would just always take. And everyone seemed very confused by that around the court. That was kind of amusing to see. But again, Trey got to his floater whenever he wanted to. Bogey hit three threes in the second quarter, and the Hawks pushed the lead up to 20 at halftime. They shot it much better in the second quarter. Still only kind of mediocre numbers offensively in terms of shooting in the first half, but the ball security was really good. Only two turnovers in the entire first half. That, that tied their season best for an entire half this season. Um, 16 points each from Young and Bogdanovich. Bogey had 12 on perfect shooting in the second quarter. But hilariously, the Hawks only had eight assists in the first half, which is crazy with a 20-point lead. But it just didn't matter all that much because the Magic couldn't score. They shot 34 percent in the first in, in the first half of this game, and uh, nothing was going to be uh, changing from that point forward. Okay, before we get to the second half and much more on this contest, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is RockAuto.com. One key reason to repair and maintain your own car is to save money. You can use it for other important things like paying the mortgage or paying for food or whatever else you want to use it for. And honestly, why would you want to pay more money? the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership when you instead can use rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake pads to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver. Get everything you need, just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always low and they're always the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers, so why spend twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. When you get there, you want to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, and uh, after halftime, 
it was pretty much more of the same and almost more lopsided at times. It was pretty ugly early on in the third quarter, I will say, but a 10-0 run by the Hawks kind of put the game away for good, and they went up by an 85-55 margin. Not that it was really in doubt before that, but that was kind of the the actual slamming of the door, as we would say. Um, threes by Bogdanovich and Collins in that run by Atlanta. The Magic did kind of chip away a little bit against the bench of the Hawks. They scored, actually, they sort of outscored the Hawks by 10 down the stretch. It, was, it got it down to 20 briefly at the end of the fourth quarter before Hunter got some free throws to go up by 22 at the end of the third. Neither team scored for about the first two and a half, three minutes of the fourth quarter. Sort of the theme of ugly basketball transpired there. But once the Magic never made a run because they just couldn't form the offense to do so, the Hawks went to their bench, um, deep into the bench, I'll say, um, at times. In the fourth, they went to Brandon Goodwin as the first sub that was not a rotation guy. And then Nathan Knight with about uh, five minutes to go. And then from there, they kind of emptied the bench um, late with Scholar Mays and uh, Brewer Fernando, etc. Congo got checked out by a trainer on the way out. I haven't heard anything about that just yet. But it's been something to keep an eye on there. A couple days off here for the Hawks, which definitely helps things. But um, no real challenges. The the second, um, I guess, third unit down the stretch was uh, you know kind of dead even for the most part in terms of their effectiveness. The bench overall, other than Kevin Herter, was not particularly good in this game. It just didn't bite them whatsoever. Um, as for sort of the numbers in this game, and it'll be a short a shorter podcast than usual, I will say. Um, but as for the numbers here, only 19 assists, which again is Pretty crazy low for a blowout win by 23 points, um, but seven turnovers from the Hawks. That is one of the better outputs of the season in terms of taking care of the ball. That, that I'll say this. The one thing that you can't afford to do against a team like Orlando right now is to beat yourself, and the Hawks did not do that. They took care of business. They took good shots. They took um, reasonable shots and kind of took the variance out of things. They took care of the ball. Didn't turn it over. No live ball turnovers, all that stuff, and uh, that's how you get um, a comfortable win even if you don't play. You know, out of this uh, out of this world. Um, shooting wise, the Hawks were pretty good from three, 14 of 36. Um, even with Trey Young going 0 of 5, um, there were other guys who picked up the slack a little bit. In fact, Hunter and Young combined for 0 of 8, and they still shot pretty well from three. Collins hit four threes, but Donovan hit four threes. Lou hit two, Herter hit two. So kind of good balance there, and overall pretty decent shooting. They took nine more free throws than the Magic did, 24 to 15. That's a nice little sweetener, especially when the Magic missed five of their 15, and the Hawks made 20 of their 24. Um, 55% true shooting is not like incredible, but it's fine enough. Two-point shots, 47% for Atlanta. Points in the paint, they had the advantage. Fast break points, they had they had the advantage. Um, Rebounding-wise, uh, it's, it's actually kind of funny. The Hawks so dominated the glass in the first quarter plus the first half that by the end of the game, they actually lost the rebounding battle, which is kind of funny. Part of that was, um, you know, missing shots that Orlando did. But even percentage-wise, the Hawks actually lost, their, actually lost the glass in this game, which... Uh, I think a lot of that was just sort of inconsequential down the stretch, but uh, kind of amusing to see that regardless, though. And Orlando shot 44% from, from the uh, field. No, sorry, 44% on twos, 31% from the field, um, from three, I should say, in this game. Uh, a sub-100 offensive rating for the Magic. Not a huge surprise because Orlando's like a bottom-five offense coming into the day, all that stuff, but uh, they just had no punch whatsoever um, they probably needed to have a sort of outlier shooting game and that, that did not that did not, did not transpire for the magic in this spot so I don't want to overstate it we're going to get into some individual stuff in a moment but basically what happened in this game in a short soundbite is that the Hawks played solid basketball I will not say great but solid Orlando is not competitive and the result of that was the better team pulling away and honestly they probably could have won this game by 40 plus they were up 30 um, in the in the second half, and if they had pedaled 
down from that point forward. They certainly could have run away and hid, but um, it's very helpful, I would say, on the second night of a back-to-back in preparation for you know a couple days off here, yes, but no one played more than 27 minutes for the Hawks. And in addition to the win and all that stuff, it's good to have um, some guys be saved. Now, the counterpoint would be the Hawks are going to have a full week, basically, off between, yes, they have tomorrow off, they have a practice on Saturday, game on Sunday, but then they don't play again until at least next Saturday. So they're going to have five days off. You don't want to pedal off too much here, but everybody got everybody got to play that needed to play, and we'll get into individual stuff momentarily. Okay, before we get to that, though, a word from our sponsors on the podcast today, and the first of which is betonline.ag. Baseball is in full swing right now, and you can track all the action and much, much more at betonline.ag. BetOnline is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and information for all of your sporting needs, including the NBA, of course, with MLB, NHL, UFC, golf, soccer, tennis, auto racing, entertainment bets, and much, much more. BetOnline also has all of the props and future bets you could possibly want, and they offer live wagering options on a ton of events, which can add a lot of intrigue when you're watching any game. Before the next pitch or dribble, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. You can check out the news, contest information, and sign-up bonuses right now. Take this chance to get off the sidelines and take your opportunity to get into the game as teams prepare for the run to the playoffs. If you visit betonline.ag right now, you can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with BetOnline. That is a 50% bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. One more time, that is promo code LOCKEDON, 50% more, and a welcome bonus with betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and to the individual players in this game, uh, you know... The, ben- the bench was not great. The starters were really good in terms of plus-minus and also just production outside of Solomon Hill and Rails was pretty good in this game. We'll go to the guys that did not play much. Um, I, have a, I have a stat that's not um, not great, but I feel like it's one that I have to share because it's kind of an outlier. Nathan Knight has missed 19 consecutive three-point shots. Yes, 19 misses in a row. He's not made one in about two months at this point. Obviously, hasn't played a lot. Most of those are like 0 of 1, 0 of 2 kind of games, but... I'm rooting for Nathan Knight to make to make, make, make it his next his next three. Um, if the Hawks dominate on Sunday, as they potentially could, he could play again in that game. I don't think it'll be in a rotation when the playoffs arrive, but hopefully he makes another three before the end of the season just to get that sour taste out of his mouth. Um, Bruno didn't score in four minutes. Um, Goodwin, five points in seven minutes. Skylar Mays had a nice dunk, two points in four minutes. Um, those guys didn't play much. Chris Dunn did not play at all, and that's interesting. People are asking me, I don't, I don't know what the deal is there. Um, he is healthy, at least healthy enough to be off the injury report. I'm not sure what his status is in terms of like physicality, but he also could be a guy where he's coming off from that long injury. They may not want to play him for no reason at the end of a game. He's a vet. I'm not sure if there's much to be gleaned there, so I would like to get in the mind of McMillan on that stuff, but he did not play, and it was not injury-related that I'm aware of, so there you go on that. Elsewhere on the bench, uh, Lou Williams, 18 minutes, 6 points, 4 rebounds, no assists, and a turnover. He made two threes. It was actually 0-4 on twos. Not his best work, minus four. Um, the Hawks need him to be better. I said this on yesterday's podcast as well. The Hawks definitely, I think, are going to play Lou until he proves that he can't play in the playoffs, but they need him to be better than he's been in the recent past, and I'll kind of leave it there for now. Um, Okongwu had three points, six rebounds. They had two, they had two turnovers in this game. A couple of nice plays defensively, I thought. Three offensive rebounds. Not, not dominant either, but he was okay, minus one in 16 minutes. Um, Gallinari, 24 minutes, 10 points, 4 rebounds, an assist, and a block, minus 3. He was a little bit cool from the floor, 2 of 6 on 2s, 1 of 4 on 3s. Got the line though 3 times and did his part from there. DeAndre Hunter came back again in this game, 15 minutes of play. 
he didn't play well offensively. He was he was very rusty with his jump shot. Some uh, qu- some shaky misses from him. Four points on one of seven shooting, 0 of three from three. I wasn't worried at all though. Had a steal, had a block, had an assist, three rebounds. He was active. Um, he looked fine to me. There probably is some rust there, almost certainly, for just not playing a long time and then having a couple days off here, etc. Um, I'm sure he'll play some on Sunday, um, taking care of him, trying to get his body under control. But of course, they're going to need him. So there's that um, that trade off of getting him ready, also just keeping him fresh. And uh, we'll see, but obviously goes without saying, but Hunter being good and being available for more minutes is uh, pretty crucial for the Hawks in the playoffs beginning next week. Uh, and then Kevin Hunter had a nice game off the bench, 14 points to lead all reserves in the game, uh, six points, sorry, six rebounds, two assists and a steal in 27 minutes, three of seven on twos, two of five on three. So uh, totally fine there. No, sorry, four of seven on twos, two of five on threes. Uh, 6 or 12 on the floor overall. So a nice bounce back from him. He's been, he's been a little bit cold recently. Kind of had it going a little bit more offensively in this game. Uh, Solomon Hill did not score in 20 minutes. Uh, very, very on brand for Solomon Hill. Uh, again, go back to what I said before. I'm not sure why he started. I think it might have been role-based. But I think we'll probably see him play a lot more. Uh, sorry, a lot less in the near future. But plus 22 when he was out there. And we'll leave it there for now. And then the other four guys that are sort of the big four right now for the Hawks in terms of this, of their recent roles. Collins had 12 points, 6 rebounds in 21 minutes. Hit four threes. Hilariously, John Collins, 4 of 6 from 3, 0 of 3 on twos. Not exactly the normal diet for him. Had four fouls. Was plus 26. Just didn't have a huge game because of the lack of minutes. But I thought he played pretty well when he was out there. Click Capella. Um, cooled off rebounding-wise after the first quarter when he had 10 rebounds in the first 8 minutes of this game. But uh, 14 points, 14 rebounds, 2 steals. Was totally fine. Didn't have to bring too much um, energy, I would hope. And uh, just kind of did his job in this game. Plus 23. Um, Trey Young, 18 points, 7 assists. One turnover is nice to see from Trey. Um, 0 of 5 on threes, but 7 of 9 on twos. He got to his floater, I, I'm talking about, whenever he wanted to in this game. Part of that's Orlando's defense, but he was also in a groove on the floater. 4-4 um, from the free throw line. So he was efficient despite not having a three-point shot, which is totally fine. In this game, I thought he played well. He was under control and did his thing. And then Madonovich leads, leads the entire game and score with 27 points on 9 of 12 from the floor, 4 of 7 from 3, so 5 of 5 on 2s. Also 5 of 5 on the free throw, at the free throw line. 5 assists, 2 steals, 3 rebounds, plus 23. He continues to be out of his mind as a shooter. I, I'm, I'm almost out of things to say, but Madonovich is a shooter. He's still up near 50% from like the last, I don't know, 2 months. It's just he's out of his mind. I'm not even sure what to say about it. I uh, hope it continues. Knock on wood if you are a Hawks fan. Okay. Um, from there, and look at the stand. Oh, by the way, go back to Trey Young by one other step that I forgot to mention. He's now made 45 free throws in a row, which is the longest active streak in the NBA. And that's the fourth longest in the league this season. So uh, not only is Trey awesome at drawing fouls and free throws, he makes them at an incredibly high clip. So he's now made 45 in a row. And uh, that efficiency obviously helps. Okay. Uh, to the standings. Uh I mean, this is a kind of a jumbled mess, and I've said a lot of a lot of tweets about it, etc. Um, we'll start with what happened on Thursday. The Knicks came back from 17 down to beat the Spurs, and then the Heat sort of blasted the Sixers unexpectedly. So both teams that the Hawks are battling with ended up winning on this night. Um, as a result, the standings still stay the same. The Hawks are a half game up because they play one more game than the Heat and the Knicks both have. A lot of scenarios still in play. As a refresher here. If the teams all end up tied, the Hawks would win that tiebreaker, uh, the three-way tiebreaker, to have the four seed. But they do lose a two-way tiebreaker to the Knicks. They win a two-way tiebreaker over the Heat. So 
with all that said, there's so many different scenarios in play. The rest of the schedule is what it is. Um, obviously, the Hawks play the Rockets on Sunday. That's their last game of the season. Miami has a actually has two road games at Milwaukee on Saturday and then at Detroit on a back-to-back on Sunday. Obviously, Detroit doesn't have much to play for, um, but Milwaukee might. Um, the Knicks are at home, but a back-to-back as well. Charlotte on Saturday and Boston on Sunday. If the Hawks, so this is just the Hawks part now. If the Hawks win on Sunday, and they should, again, nothing is guaranteed in the NBA. We've seen crazy results. The Thunder beat the Celtics on the road, all that stuff. But if the Hawks win on Sunday, they are guaranteed a top five seed. So they're guaranteed to be in the four or five matchup somewhere if they win on Sunday. Um, from there, if they win on Sunday, they're also likely, not dominant, but they're more likely than not going to be the four seed because the only way the Hawks are not the four seed, if they win on Sunday, is if the Knicks win out and the Heat don't win out. So the Knicks do have the easier road of the two. Um, but, you know, so with that said, like that's very, very possible. But when you throw in the possibility of both teams having the same record or... Um, the Hawks just winning both, sort of outpacing them both, um, it gets to be less 50% that the Hawks are not the four seed. So, take care of business. You're in the top five seeds. And the biggest thing, at least in my view, is to be in the 4-5 matchup. Um, this is just my opinion now, but I would rather face either the Knicks or the Heat in the 4-5 than have to face the Bucks in the 3-6. That's just my my opinion. Um, plus, in the 4-5, you have a chance to have home court, and in the 6 you don't. Um, but so that's goal number one for me. Just one on Sunday, you're guaranteed to be in the four or five matchups. And from there, one of the debates that's raging on my Twitter feed um, almost all day right now is who you rather, what you rather do if you're the Hawks. Um, basically, do you want to play or um, I don't really know uh, Miami or New York in the first round? And the biggest, I would say, the most intriguing one is that I think most people want to play New York in a vacuum over Miami. But the closer one becomes, would you rather be the four, uh, the four seed against Miami with home court or the five seed against New York without home court? And I actually have said on the record, I'd rather be the five seed against New York even without home court because I think I am a lot more afraid of the Heat if I am the Hawks. That's not to say the Hawks can't beat, can't beat the Heat because they can, but um, I'd rather play the Knicks just for a number of reasons we'll get into later if we need to. But... Um, the best case scenario is obviously the Hawks being the four seed and the Knicks being the five seed, I think. That's just hard to see happening, um, but it's possible. The thing is you, you need Miami to finish ahead of New York, not the tie for that actually to happen. And because of the schedule, Miami plays a harder schedule than New York does. It's not likely that that's going to happen. So all that said, um, nothing's going to change until Saturday night, so it's hard to update on the podcast. But if you follow, if you follow, follow me on Twitter at BT Roll, and I promise I will deliver all that I can in terms of information and scenarios and all of that stuff in the next couple of days. Um, two days off, obviously, now for the Hawks before the finale on Sunday. True day off on Friday after the back-to-back. Practice on Saturday. Sunday's game now is at 7 p.m. Eastern. It was kind of a long, winding road there because it was originally reported by Shams that it was going to be in the afternoon, and then that all changed for whatever reason. Um, but as any, at any rate, we'll re- that'll be a standard recap show that I do after that game on Sunday um, to sort of lean into the rest of the week. And then, of course, we'll have some series preview content. No matter who the Hawks play, and I, I guess at this moment, there are still three options, technically, for the Hawks to play. It'll be, uh, I believe it'll be the Bucks um, if it's the 3-6 matchup. Um, or, more likely, it will be either the Knicks or the Heat. But I can't really do preview content until we know who they're going to be playing. But, first podcast next week will be uh, the post-show after uh, the Rockets game. 
and then we'll have at least two or three uh, sort of series preview kind of episodes between that and the start of the series. Um, last thing on the podcast before we get out of here, a shout out to Bob Rathman, the television voice of the Hawks over at Valley Sports Southeast. If you watch the broadcast tonight on Thursday, there was an awesome tribute video for his 25 years calling Hawks games. Um, basically, I'll say this, Bob, I refer to him as a legend all the time. He is a legend. I use that word sometimes loosely. Not for Bob. Bob is an actual legend. Um, one of the best to ever do it. And honestly, I would say the voice of my basketball viewing life, it is almost assured that I have watched more telecasts of basketball games called by Bob Rathman than any other person. Um, Bob took over when I was like 10, and I've been watching basically every game that I possibly could from that point on. Plus, Bob does college basketball that I've watched. Um, he's done all kinds of things, you know, TBT. He's a busy man. Uh, he's always working. But uh, I wanted to shout him out, especially on top of what happened on the Rockcast, which I thought was cool to shout out to shout out all the great work that he's been doing. He's, a, he's an influence for many people and uh, also a good friend of mine. He might even be listening to this. And if I if he is, I hope he's embarrassed. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I love Bob. Bob's the man. And I thought it was a cool uh, way to wrap up the, the broadcast. And obviously on, on a celebratory night when the Hawks got a, got a win, their 40th win of the year, He's seen some highs, he's seen some lows, and that's kind of appropriate for uh, Hawks consumption. So, shouts to Bob Rathman, shouts to the Atlanta Hawks for another win. That's, again, 40 wins this season. That is above what I think most projected, including myself. I had him for 30 for 38 wins, so I was a little bit too low, even if I was higher than most people were on the Hawks. And uh, a nice season wrapping up, hopefully, with another win and 41 wins on Sunday, um, if they can take care of business in that spot. So, I'll have preview content for that game on my Twitter feed. I'm not sure about the podcast. I might have another episode. I might surprise you guys with an episode on Friday night. We'll see how that happens. But regardless, if you subscribe slash follow the podcast, rate, review, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, whoever you like, whoever you want to pass the podcast along to that's a Hawks fan, I would very much appreciate that. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Odyssey, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, all those podcast apps. We should, we should be in all those places. If we're not, let me know and I'll fix that. Thank you, as always, sincerely for listening, and we'll see you all next time.